podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David Gagan! We're back again, a second old school in the week. That is, that you know, the, the magic of the cups means old school comes back. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. One, one to celebrate the brilliance of winning the Carabao Cup and one to celebrate Taki Minamino. Oh, oh, we have to. Because oh, he deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. And um, just, um, just to start there, how good, did he, confident and good did he look last night? Like yeah, just just a touch and the running and it just yeah. felt like somebody had injected him with another couple of yards of pace uh, on the ball. Like it was just so I don't know. Sharpness was off the scale. I thought. Well, that's the thing. Like he's he's playing more this season than he has in previous years for us. Twenty two games already this season. That's the most he's played for us in a season. He's getting to know his teammates a lot more because obviously remember last season he got chipped out on loan for half the year. Um, so what you're seeing with him, I think, is just he's more comfortable. He's more on the same sort of wavelength. That bit where he looks that bit quicker, it's because he's anticipating better. If you remember when we played Salzburg in the Champions League, and he just kept popping up here, there, and everywhere. It was like there was two of them on the pitch. It was because his anticipation was so good. What role was he a ten there, though, or was it he an was eight? A, he was like they played a box midfield, ah, so okay. they played Huang and Haaland up front, and then him and Dominic behind. He played on the right, Dominic on the left, and then when they lost the ball, they drop out into the wing spots and help their fullbacks. But you remember when they had the ball and attacked us, he would pop up absolutely everywhere because he had that kind of in-tuned, on-the-same-wavelength thing going with, especially with Wang and Dominic, who he had the best chemistry with. And that's kind of what you're seeing now. Like, he's playing off someone's shoulder. He's in little pockets of space. He's anticipating where the ball is going to be. The... The goals he got yesterday were, were both very, very good. Just touch and finish. And the, the confidence he's striking the ball with as well is really impressive. I thought the second one was very Mo-esque from the Leeds game mm. last year. Just went, wow, bang, hit it. But he went against the post. Mo's was the stanchion, like, right in the postage stamp. But this one, similar kind of uh, vein, but obviously... Nobody can be Mo, but what a, what a nice option to have, and also what a nice feeling. I think the way VVD and Hendo handled him on 
Sunday was beautiful in terms of getting him, giving him the trophy and pushing him and saying, go, you deserve that. Go and, go and run to the crowd because no one's going to um, stop you from doing that. You're a massive part of this, this journey. And it was, it was lovely to see the support for him. And also, we, it was coming towards where we were sitting in the stadium. Very, very, very loud cheers for um, Taki. And mm. uh, it's, a, again, probably one of the stories we didn't touch on last, um, last pod because he didn't get any time on the pitch or a penalty. But definitely one of the stories that... Um, for this tournament and now obviously he's repeating it in the FA Cup Dave which which um, he's, he's 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 scored against Cardiff and now um, last night too which is again off he, off he is ready to go so yeah three and three games in the FA Cup off the back of four and five games in the League Cup uh, for the season Taki has nine goals in roughly 890 minutes Yes. Uh, just for you know, comparison's sake, Romelu Lukaku in domestic and Champions League football nine goals in nineteen hundred and fifty minutes. Uh, Jack Grealish and Jaden Sancho combined eight goals in three thousand six hundred and seventy-four minutes. So you know, uh, once again, <laughs> proving that it's not about how much you spend; it's about how you spend. And Michael Edwards is once again coming up trumps for us and for all those that wrote tacky off and said it was a failed signing and all this kind of horseshit that was never in any way accurate you do just have to start looking around the league and ask yourself which team has a better sixth forward than Takumi Minamino because I don't see one I don't see anyone with a better sixth forward if you consider a front three starting front three of Salah Mane Diaz Jota as the fourth, Bobby as the fifth, and Taki as the sixth, plus then Divock as the seventh, and Kate Gordon as the eighth. That's pretty elite depth. That's pretty special to have a quality player like Taki, a quality regular international like Taki as your sixth, a proven big game hunter like Divock as your seventh, and maybe the best young attacker in England, under the age of 18, as your eighth. I don't know that anyone else can, can boast that kind of depth. No, absolutely not. There's, there isn't. I think um, I think he's definite keep. There's no... Um... <laughs> yeah, and Lubo says, who has a club legend as a seventh attacker? <laughs> well, that's it. But that, like, who, who has a guy with two <laughs> Champions League semi-final and a Champions League final goals... Yeah, to their name as their seventh attacker. No one, do you no. know? Like, it's true. You're all right though. Like, when, at some point between now and the end of the season, we'll get together for one of these and we'll do uh, a keep sell loan. Yeah, through the whole squad. But I can tell you right now, Taki Minamino will be on the keep list. Yeah, because if you've got a guy that can just pop in in the cups and score goals to get you through through these awkward early rounds, that's incredibly valuable. Of course it is, because then you're fighting for these... This is the the thing that we've always asked for, right, Dave? We've always said there's no point in going after the the Cups unless you've got enough depth to to actually get through those earlier rounds where Mm. the Champions League takes priority, really, with the Premier League. You want a really good start in the Champions League and the Premier League. And this year, we were able to win every single Champions League game and get a decent start in the Premier League. But then at the same time, the squad was deep enough 
to just go and knock the socks off. And also, we've been lucky a little bit where we've got a lot of home ties in the Cubs in, in certain parts, which is fine. Sometimes you get them, sometimes yeah. you don't. But we got them this time, which is great. And let's be honest, City get so much luck. It's about time we got some of those draws yeah, go well, our way. When City have been drawing, like, fucking the Hockley boys under 14s six times in a row in every <laughs> single competition... <laughs> Year after year after year, and before them, it was United. Like United used to always get like they get. We'd end up with Chelsea away, and they'd have Yeovil at home, and you'd be like, "How is that right?" You know, it it it's always been that way. The man clubs have always had that that easy cup run type thing. But look, I mean, this this round, City played Peterborough. That's easier than what we had to face. Chelsea faced Luton. That's easier than what we had to face. So, yeah, they're, they're at, it's at home, but it's still Norwich. It's still Premier League opposition. I know they were heavily rotated, but so were we. If you look at our starting eleven, there's only one guy who's part of our best eleven in Ali. Other than that, it's it's depth. You know, it's it's squad players. It, the captain will make his claim, but I mean, he's not. He doesn't warrant a place in the starting eleven. When we've got everybody out, so you know we've got your backup right back, your third and fourth centre backs, your backup left back. You could argue Ox might be the seventh midfielder. Um, no Curtis doubt. might be the sixth midfielder. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so good for them. To, I mean, it's a shame Curtis was looking really good until he got he injured. Was, he was looking really, really good. Yeah, and um, I hope I hope it's not a serious injury. We'll find out in the next in the coming days again, like we did with Thiago by the Tuesday. So probably by tomorrow, we'll know what what it is with him. Hopefully, again, because he's come off so early, as soon as he's felt it, and very smart like Thiago. Um, obviously, they're being taught a lot about um, how to serious injuries for themselves, and as soon as they feel something come off, hopefully, it's again a very small tear if it is one, and he's back in a couple of weeks. So. I actually think, um, you know, it's. Let's go back actually to the Carabao, Dave, and the, mm. the celebrations. Um, a lot going on there. Uh, the, the, to be honest, <laughs> one kiss is all it takes, has uh, pretty much taken over uh, the timeline from the, the videos. Obviously, Carabao Cup tweeting, Klopp going crazy with the squad at it. Um, a bit of a, a finals banger for us since uh, 2018 when we got to Kiev. And uh, where Dua Lipa actually did it, did it uh, did a rendition live for that song, didn't she? So it's become kind of thing that we sing at finals and and, and dance to, but also very it, it just just such a the crowd singing that in unison was unreal. To be fair, it felt unreal being there singing it and being a part of it, and then the the, the squad and the interaction with the players just made it that much more special. And I think we've got a new finals song. Now, this will only be sang, I think, at finals. But, um, yeah, so good. It's a bit mad that we've taken on that song, considering, you know, we, we lost that final. Um, but I think it, it was is, the only good thing of the day, mate. It literally was, I think. I think it was <laughs> the only good part of that, um, is that we we had that song, because other than that, it would have been a fairly... A fairly horrendous night for everybody involved, um, especially given the manner of it, like with Salah getting injured. Oh yeah, and then Carius. It was just awful. Carius getting getting elbowed in the head and having the concussion, and then doing what he did after that. 
Um, it really wasn't good. So you had to take some sort of joy from the occasion, and, and that was the, the joy to be taken. Yeah, agreed. And then um, the players celebrating <laughs> um, to what's it called, Desire. <laughs> what a free from Desire. What a, that actually has been massive since the Premier League win, hasn't it? Because I think mm. we caught them dancing in a, at the party, at the player party, wasn't it? That was one of the songs they were dancing to. So I think, was it? Or no? Yeah, is that just, it was. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, again, another one where they're all, they, they've got a set track list. It's VVD's favourite. <laughs> yeah. So, again, it's just, I want that to be sang at finals now as well. <laughs> Because it would be amazing. But we need to try and find some lyrics, of Liverpool lyrics to that one, Dave, somehow. Well, the problem is that that's the Will Griggs song. Exactly, exactly. So, there's, like... I don't know who it would be. Uh, it would have to be for a player, but then you're ripping off the Will Griggs song. And, you know... No that's, one wants to do that. That's what Bad Eggs do. I mean, I don't know if you've if you've seen that the wet wipes of Manchester City have tried to rip off C. Senor yep. for uh, Alexander Zinchenko, who is yep. fucking Ukrainian. <laughs> and yet, not only are they stealing the song from Liverpool, they also feel the need to mention Liverpool in the song because they're a meaningless, irrelevant little club who should climb back into their boxes and prepare for the day when their owners are forced to sell up as they start to face sanctions for the money laundering and other shenanigans that they get up to. So, you know. We'll we'll get to Roman uh, at the end, or at least um, in the next 20 minutes or so, we'll, we'll transition off, because that's something good to talk about, actually, that we, we, should, we should react to. That probably hasn't been done on AI just yet. But um, anything else from the celebrations that stuck out to you, Dave? That you thought, because Dell was like, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that last time? And we're like, okay, we'll come back to do a little bit more. But there's plenty more we've got. But is there anything else from that unless we move on? I loved I loved the tacky thing. I loved him getting his shine, getting his moment. Um, he played such a vital part in getting us to the final that it was great to see. Obviously, we mentioned the, the, the Kelleher thing yesterday where... Uh, Henderson and him took the picture and then Henderson stepped away and got everybody to take pictures of Kelleher. That was lovely. I, I, I love the fact that nobody in the history of this competition has ever been more excited to win the Carabao Cup than Costa Simicus. <laughs> who yes. just seemed so excited to be part of, of it all. I thought and he was like, brilliant yesterday as well, by the way. Oh, he was so... He, he is such a good player. Like, he is an absolute gem yeah. that we found where he steps in for Robbo and you don't really notice any dip or any drop-off. And, you know, it's obviously quite a stark contrast on the right-hand side. and It speaks to why we need to go and invest in a backup for Trent this summer for sure, so that we don't have that backup. But, like, it was just... It's crazy seeing Costa celebrate like that because it's not like... Like, Costas won two league titles with Olympiacos and uh, a Greek Cup. So it's not like he'd never won anything before. No, I think that's his personality, mate. That's He's it. He's literally that's exactly just a it. lovable human a being. Lunatic. Someone who wants, yeah, he just wants fun. He's just a lunatic. And it's and good like, to have a lunatic in the squad, is. though. It because is. it picks like, everybody else up, doesn't it? That's the thing. And, like, you can see there's a lot of big personalities in the squad. Like, Virgil's a big personality. 
Andy Robertson's a big personality. Costas is a big personality. So you don't just have to be the alpha or, you know, a key starter. You can be a squad player and have that big personality and be involved. And I tell you, another one who was very involved in the celebrations and everybody seemed keen to get him involved in the celebrations was Adrian, who obviously wasn't even on the bench, doesn't doesn't play for us. He's barely... He played you know, one he, game, I think. In the, he's in the played, Carabao. I think, one, once yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. He is he is the definition of the training goalkeeper. Yeah, but, but he been... seems to be very, very important to the group. They do. You know, they he do seems do. to be very highly respected as a man. Forgetting about what he is as a goalkeeper, but as a man, they all like him. Ali's close with him. Thiago's close with him. And again, when we come to do keep sell loan. I, I think I'd be inclined to keep Adrian around as that training goalkeeper. We'll still have Ali, we'll still have Kelleher, we'll still have Pitaluga. So why not keep Adrian around? Mm. If he's if he's good for the morale, if he's a, a, a confidant of some of the family. It's room. big for the family side of things for Thiago yeah. and for the Portuguese players. They all get on they all built they've built like a you know, a togetherness. And it makes it massive. And for someone like Luis Diaz coming in as well, comes into like a, a bunch of family. You know, there's just like a whole circle of friends that's wives and kids get together. And that's huge, man. And each one brings something. And I think you made a brilliant point about Adrian that a lot of people wouldn't have even picked up. They were, Alison was keen to get him involved in the, in the, in the, you know, in the um, backstage. He was pushing him in and making sure he picked up the cup, everything. So, like you said, it's it's a really good observation. All of them, I mean, Cade as well. They weren't dressed in their football kits, but they were pushing no. Cade in and making him dance and everything, you know. With, yeah, because he's, with he's part of it. Yeah. And absolutely. the same thing with, with Tyler, with, with yeah. Curtis. Like, that's what Klopp was, was brilliant in his post-match comments. And Virgil, I thought, was great as well in the inclusive statements that they made. I think Henderson said it as well. I haven't seen his full post-match yet, but they talked about, you know, these young players who got us to the final, who got us into the late stages before the senior players came into the mix. They've done it again in the FA Cup, and I'm sure in the quarterfinals, depending on the draw, and we'll talk about that, but, you know, if we got Chelsea or City next, I think Klopp would go with a strong team. If we get, you know, one of the minnows like an Everton or a Boreham Wood, he'll play a similar team to last night. Yeah, absolutely. I've got no doubt about it. I think getting one of those clubs would be probably better for us, beneficial for us. Uh, but um, I suppose it's just after Arsenal, the quarters. It doesn't matter, really. We, we've got well, an international break after that. So quarter final, I, I, I could be wrong about this, Gags, but if I don't think I am. I think if we get City... I think if we get, we could get, is it, oh no, it's the FA Cup semi final. Yeah, 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 it's a semi. So the, the semi final. 20th now, that weekend. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. right before we break up for two weeks. So there won't so be like. So you can go full yeah. strength. Oh, of course you can. You can go yeah. full strength. All depends on Arsenal away. I would yeah. prefer an easier team. Obviously, we all would. Because then you can really focus on that Arsenal game in hand midweek, really push for it. And then if it's like you say, an Everton or a Portland. <laughs> They're both yeah, a team, vibe, teams that are around the same level. <laughs> you, you, there's, there's a brilliant clip. I've been trying to find it. If anyone has seen the clip going around on Twitter of it's from LFC TV, 
and the I, I can't think of the guy's name. Is it is it Dave or something? But he's talking about or Rob Rob Smith is that his name? He's talking about the FA Cup, and he said, you know these these upstart minnows who weren't meant to get here or whatever it was, and they'll be hosting Boreham Wood. It's absolutely brilliant. If anyone has seen that clip, will you tag gags in it? Because I can't find it. Yeah, I want to see that. that Twitter's too confusing for me. Um, We might as well transition to that quarterfinal draw. Uh, That's tonight. And obviously we're hmm. we're kind of reacting. And we had a quick discussion on, um, on WhatsApp earlier. And I was just going back and, talking about it becomes a nice little talk uh talking point for those especially that are our age group um nottingham forest are in the draw yeah. and to be honest i'd love to have nottingham forest at anfield uh, whenever we've uh, we had back-to-back semi-finals with them obviously one of them was hillsborough which is um you know uh, the darkest day you know in, in our history but as a kid i had no idea at nine years old or 10, I think it was. I had no idea what that meant. I just knew that there was a replay or, or, or it was being played again. And I remember the year before, 98, where we won 2-1. And then I, I distinctly remember the 3-1 as well. And I sent you the videos, didn't I? And the commentary, all of it just took me back to, to being a junior school, you know, in junior school, honestly. It really did. And I loved that, that the second goal against Forrest, um, in the first game, 87-88, is one of my favourites. Uh, a one-two between Barnes Beardsley and then him putting an absolute peach of a cross in for, for Aldridge who scores on the volley. If you haven't seen it, guys, you um, you have to go watch that. That was such a beautiful goal, uh, akin to how we play nowadays. But that's what we have to live up to. That hist- that was a historic team. And then also rewatching it, just reminded me how good Ray Houghton was in yeah. the 88-89 season game. He literally looked like a, a Mo Salah player on the right. He was, I mean, there was one ping of a pass crossfield that Trent would have been proud of. And then um, he just takes on like three players on the right and, and, and goes through them. And I just thought, I just thought, wow, you know, there's players like Houghton, Whelan, players like we just... We just didn't show enough appreciation to, and we're so underrated in our history. But if you get a chance to go through any kind of old clips and uh, just watch semi-finals and finals if you want, and you'll find how good some of these underrated players were. They were superb. And for that reason, uh, transitioning into this phase, I would love to have another quarter of, or, you know, semi-final obviously, but I don't, I don't think they might get there, but a quarter-final with... Forest would be really nostalgic, really nostalgic, and also when we face them, we normally get to finals. So <laughs> I'd love to. That's it. But like you know, we want the easiest draw possible. That's that's the bottom line of it. You've got Chelsea. That'll be horrible if we get them. You've got Palace. That'll be difficult, but we should beat them. City would be horrible. Southampton, again, difficult, but we should beat them. Then you've got Middlesbrough, who we should beat. I know they've beaten United and beaten Spurs, but we're a very different team to either of them. You get Forrest or Huddersfield. They'll play Monday night, and we'll see who gets through. And then you get Everton or Boreham Wood. And again, you know, Everton would be not easy, but we should certainly beat them. Or Boreham Wood, who, you know, you could roll out pretty much anybody and we, we should beat them. 
So, like, you are looking at wanting Borough, the winner of Forest or Huddersfield, or Boreham Wood if they pull off the the upset. That that's who you want. Yeah. Like you, you can you can say it all all you want. Oh, it'd be great to play Chelsea. No, it wouldn't. It'd be great to play one of these other teams and then get ourselves into the semi final. That's what would be great. Because once you get to the semi finals, absolutely anything can happen. Anything so, can happen. You know, let let City or Chelsea be there in a semi final. Ideally, let them play each other in a semi final and let us have, you know, Palace or Southampton or whoever. Um, but that that's what you want. You want the easiest possible draw to get yourself through to the next round because at the end of the day, we, we'll sit here and we'll laugh about the draws City have had over the years. Do you think they give one fuck about what anybody says when they look at their medal or they go into their City Museum and look at the trophy sitting there? They don't care. It doesn't say on the trophy or on the medal. Easy draw. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, it doesn't say that. It just says that you won. And that's all that matters is that you win. So give me Nottingham Forest, give me Huddersfield, give me Middlesbrough, give me Boreham Wood. Any of those teams, absolutely delighted for the next draw. The Premier League teams, Palace, Southampton and Everton, probably in that order of preference. Palace is the one you'd want. Southampton, they're in good form and they're just a pain in the hole to play against. And then Everton, just because it's a derby and if it was at their place, you know, it'll be real gnarly. Yeah. And they'll just I'd say, try I'd, and kick us. I would take anyone at Anfield anyway. Even if it became City or Chelsea, I just wouldn't want them away. If if it was to be that we had to take them now, I'd prefer it at Anfield. Cause oh, yeah, definitely. I think we'd beat them. Uh, even yeah. if it goes to extra time, whatever, I reckon we'd end up beating them because the, the atmosphere would be insane for a, a quarter or, a, you know, for a quarter final at Anfield against a big team. So, but... Like you said, you've put the preferences in the order. I'm totally in agreement. Uh, but my the only thing I would say on top is I'd take anyone at Anfield. I, I really yeah. would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give us anyone at Anfield. If we have to get City or Chelsea, you want it at Anfield. You don't really want to be going away for those. Um, especially Chelsea, because you haven't just beaten them in the cup. That'll be a little bit of ex- uh, a little bit of extra motivation and inspiration for them. And obviously, they're going through a weird time at the minute with the announcement yesterday um, that the sports sports washing era at Chelsea is coming to an end. Though it's it a was good, good place to transition, really. But do you really think it is? If, some, if someone buys it, though, Dave, could it be another Arab state that buys it? Could it be another, you know, country that buys it? You know, and that's, that's isn't, shouldn't See, that be a worry it could for us? Be, it could be, but... They don't tend to buy a club like Chelsea who are already at that highest of high levels. Like, they don't want to pay... Like, think of it this way, right? So, first things first, the the Abramovich statement is Mm. one of the most carefully worded uh, PR moves you're ever going to see. Like, it is properly done to continue the brainwashing of these simpletons who support Chelsea Football Club. So what Roman has come out and said is basically, you know, the loans aren't being called back in and the the net proceeds will be donated to a charity 
to aid the victims of the war in Ukraine. Now, he does not at any at any point condemn said war in Ukraine. He doesn't say which victims it, the money would go to. Uh, there is no charity set up as things stand. So at, at the moment, all of that is just mythical stuff. So the statement is, I would like to address the speculation in media over the past few days in relation, relation to my ownership of Chelsea FC. As I've stated before, I've always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. In the current situation, I've therefore taken the decision to sell the club, as I believe this is in the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club sponsors and partners. The sale of the club will not be fast-tracked, but will follow due process. I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid, right? So that's the first thing to notice, that that's what he says. And Chelsea fans have gone running away with this. He's What a gift. He's cancelling the loans. No, he's not. He is merely building the loans into the price because he converted them to equity share. So Chelsea are valued by Forbes at about £2.5 billion. Roman is looking for about £4 billion to sell he's, the club. He's not, he's not getting it, mate. He's not getting it, but he will get over three. Yeah, two and a half, I reckon he paid, he'll get. He will get more than two and a half. Because Arsenal, he, first of all, he turned in an offer of three Sorry, million mate, a year I'm ago. Sorry, mate, I'm officially. Oh, officially, yeah. Because remember, but, this, is, this isn't going to happen officially. There's going to be the so thing, much right? underhand payment going on. Moreover, I have instructed my team to set up a charitable foundation where all net proceeds from the sale will be donated. This foundation will benefit all, will be for the benefit of all victims of the war in Ukraine. But it doesn't say if it'll be Ukrainian victims or Russian victims. It's very specifically worded. The also, war in, in Ukraine, yeah, absolutely. The net proceeds. It means profits. It means profits, proceeds can be taken in many ways when it comes to charitable things. It's a That's very, a, very much, yeah. loose term. So. It does not say... So, because Chelsea fans are trying to claim he's giving all the proceeds to charity, and that's not the case. No. The net proceeds are where he decides the line is. Absolutely. If so you think about it... he will wangle off as much of that cash as he possibly can. He so paid 1.5 billion. <laughs> 1.5 billion. Plus the one hundred and forty million he paid to buy the club, and then whatever else, whatever the costs he decides have been accumulated. Mm. As I said, there's no charity that exists yet for this. So how do we know that that money's not going to go to a charity and then get siphoned back to him? You don't. There's no. There's also anything. the fact that gags. What is a charitable donation? It's a tax deductible. Absolutely. He will avoid paying capital gains tax by doing this. So while this might sound like, oh, isn't he such a great man? Look what he's doing. No, actually, look what he's doing. He is filling you full of shit. Chelsea fans are just being really stupidly gullible. And at the of end of the day, rather than go against him and say, you know, get this fucking guy out right now. It's like, oh, look how, what a lord. What a great guy. I'm yeah. sorry, man. I'm I saw sorry. one guy the say, guy action speaks louder shit. than words. It's funding Action speaks louder than words. All you have is words. All he's done is given you words. He hasn't done anything yet. But the thing is, the line in it that struck me, 
this has never been about business nor money for me, but about pure passion for the club and the game. Right, then sell the club for 140 million. There you go. You want to cancel the loans? You, yeah. It's not about money. Sell yeah. the club for 140 million. Do Absolutely. that. Get the money back you put into it and then fuck off back to wherever it was you came from the first place. That would be great. I would even say that would be like, fucking hell, Roman. That's nuts. Yeah, if, if he did that, I would genuinely applaud him. But yeah. he's not going to do that. No Nor way. is he going to donate every penny over the 140 million he got for the club, he paid for the club, to a charity. There will be a charity somewhere that will be set up in all likelihood to benefit marginally the people of Ukraine, but mostly the people of Russia or the Russian separatists in the Donbass region. And that's where 150, 200 million or so will go, which is a lot of money, but to him it's a drop in the ocean. That guy has a yacht that costs more than that. And the only reason he's doing any of this is because he is trying to avoid sanctions. If his assets are frozen, then Chelsea gets frozen. And then he can come out with the sob story of, oh, but I was going to donate billions to charity. No, you weren't. At no point were you going to do that because you didn't get a lot of his property already so like two, pa- two properties yesterday yeah. apparently a house and an apartment yeah and uh, he's in the process of selling more but like it's it's amazing to me how gullible chelsea fans are that they don't realize that what they have been for the last 19 years is a sports watching enterprise where their club have been financially doped to f- fake success like I did this yesterday on Two-Footed. Chelsea have been in existence since 1905, okay? Roman took over in 2003. So for, for 98 years, they existed before him. For 19, they've had him. In the 98 years, they won one league title. They won three FA Cups. They won two League Cups. And they won two Cup Winners Cups. And that's it. That's what they won. Since he took over, in the 19 years, they won five league titles, five FA Cups, three League Cups, two Champions Leagues, and two Europa Leagues. Like, that's not natural. That's not... Chelsea fans are saying, we had success before him, we'll we'll go back to having success after. No, they won't. You you were relegated four times more then you won the league title before Roman. Yeah, That's what you'll go back to. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but there's a couple of um, points in the chat, and we're in Discord, folks. If you're not part of our Discord, we record these live. Hey, uh, Anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord, join in. And if you're a subscriber, you get to listen to these live. If you're not, well, sorry. Um, you can carry on listening for free, no problem. Um, so, Tad, Stephanie McMahon, um, Vince McMahon, his daughter philanthropy is the future of marketing it's the way brands are going to win so this actually is something that crypto has taken hold of or did early last year mid last year and a whole load of charitable cryptos came out and basically we're marketing and you know i was part of some of them as well yummy and it's 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 so true because you know you they were they were donating to feeding children and literally thousands and thousands and it was growing their 
their cryptocurrency up at the same time. So it was marketing in a way, a charitable way. And this is what I think more Tad's point is, is, is this is what, um, you know, big investors are doing in a way and writing off a lot of that money in tax. Uh, it's like a loophole for them, but then getting massive marketing. And then on top of that, Harinda uh, said front page of Property Week has Roman ditching his London property portfolio. Tom J- J- James has said our company got an email yesterday with info of Roman's house being available. So all of those of you that were moaning about FSG. Have a look at what Ash, have a look at what Ash put in, right? So it's exactly. a screen grab off Twitter by Dan oh, yeah. Murphy from ESPN. So Hugh Jackson is an NFL coach, a former NFL coach. His foundation collected $158,000 in 2019. They paid out 115000 to its sole paid employee and spent 15000 on travel. It looks like they gave out roughly 4000 in grants. That's what Roman will do. That's all it will be is that he will be one of the benefactors of this charity. That's just what the case will be. And the thing for Chelsea fans looking around is that the guys being linked with buying them, they're not they're not mega rich. They're not Abramovich rich. The American guy whose name escapes me, who bid three million for them last year. Uh here we go. American worth five three billion. Three billion. So there's Hans-Jörg Weiss, his net worth is about $3.5 billion. and Todd Bowley. Now, Todd Bowley is a part owner of the LA Dodgers and the LA Lakers. His net net worth is about $5 billion, but most of that is tied up in his shares in yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the clubs that he part owns. It's so, just going to be another FSG, basically. No, it's not even, Gags. It's going to be another Glazers. Oh, The fine. only way Todd Bowley can afford to buy United is to leverage the buyout and just remortgage the club and load all the debt back onto the club. It's the only way the guy can afford it. Like He doesn't have cash on hand to go and buy the club. And Roman wants cash on hand. Roman wants all up front so he can just get gone. Because yeah. he'll go to Israel and he'll hide out there and the EU won't touch him. That's what he wants. And the thing is, so the, the Telegraph have said he values the club at four billion. Like I said, Forbes values it at two point five. What's the difference? One point five. How much did Chelsea owe him? One point five. So he's not writing anything off. No. But as well as that, you're gonna whoever buys that club has to then take on building the new stadium because Chelsea need a new stadium. Because you know, look at Old Trafford, Anfield, the Emirates, the Etihad, uh, the mm-hmm. London Stadium. And uh, and Tottenham, all much bigger, much more modern. Old Trafford's a little bit outdated, but it's still forty thousand bigger or something, thirty five thousand bigger. Yeah, 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 like Chelsea can't compete if they've got Stamford Bridge if they don't have his money rushing in the doors in in different ways. So they're going to have to pay for a new stadium. That's another in in that part of London. Like, what's that going to cost? A billion? A billion and a half? It's just not feasible. The risk, of course, is that, like, Bahrain or some other Saudi or whoever decides to come in and buy the club. But like I said, they generally don't buy clubs for that type of money. Like, the richest man in Egypt owns Villa. He paid 200 million. 
the Saudis bought Newcastle, the Abu Dhabi group bought City, yeah. the Qataris bought PSG for like 400 million. They don't generally come in and like spend that kind of money on an asset that's never ever going to be to worth the money what back. they pay for no. it. No, no, it's only going to go down, really. So it's a risk, really, for all those people that are buying it as well. They've bought something that's obviously doing well at the moment in terms of they've got a good squad, whatever. But slowly, as they start to realise how much money he was probably siphoning it in, mm. somehow, in some way or form, that's going to... That's well, gonna, remember, yeah. one of the things that owners can pump money into that doesn't count against the FFP is things like academies. So their academy is obviously phenomenal. But it's also enormous. They have satellite academies all around London. That costs a fortune to upkeep. They might not want to do that, in which case they pull back on the academy side of things, in which case they start to lose out on some of the pot of players, and those players start to go to Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Spurs, Millwall, West Ham, Watford, Charlton, Fulham, wherever. And now all of a sudden you don't have that higher end talent coming through your academy. So you can't just sell them on to, you know, push money into your first team. So there's all going to be a knock on effect on things like that. Chelsea have got to be a very, very expensive club to run day to day. And the other key thing that I haven't seen anyone mention is I would imagine when Roman goes, Marina goes as well. And Marina runs Chelsea and has done exceptionally well for a number of years now. So it's not just him going, it's her going as well, because she is his right-hand man or right-hand woman, whatever you want to call it. She is the one he trusts more than anybody. She's not going to stick around. You'd have to so, think a lot of the wages will change for, for management and shit like that, whatever. That's it. But it, it basically, it's going to be a transition phase, and hopefully in the next two years, they fuck up big time, because seeing them, like Eddie said, seeing them back in their box would be beautiful, mm. uh, I'm sure, for uh, uh, Bargy too. But, um, okay, we've got I've got about 15 minutes, just under 15 minutes, so... There's something that's happened on Twitter today, actually. Dell's just asked for the Super League's back, or at least a mention of it from um, Gary Neville that they've got. But there's not enough information, really, for us to go on in terms of what they're thinking and what new stuff they're going to do. But um, I think it's just safe to say that the way UEFA have been over the last few um, um, you know, few months or year, you know, since since that all that stuff went down. I don't think anyone's in UEFA's corner. <laughs> and no one's praying for UEFA to win anything. So, yeah, if they can come up with something that's got relegation and, um, you know, a promotion that, that, you know, appeals to clubs, that there's a chance to, to qualify for it, I, I think that's a goer, man. I think that might become a goer. I really do. Because they must have thought of something that they make. Normally, when you come back with an idea, Dave, you kind of try and sort out the the mistakes you make. Yeah, I I would be surprised if it's. There's been some talk that's going to be announced today. Um, I would be surprised if it's if it's not massively changed from what the format was twelve months ago or however long it was that it all kicked off the last time. I'd be quite surprised if there isn't far more thought and preparation put into the unveil of it. Because you remember last time, it kind of leaked out 
and then they went into panic mode and everything they put out looked like some sort of child had put it together. Like the website was like you'd do for a, a school project. The All the comms that came out had grammar errors and spelling errors and all sorts in them. So I'd imagine if it's going to start back up, it'll be far more professionally put together with far more detailed explanations about what the plan actually is. Because if you remember last time, it leaked out, they made their initial announcement and the it's world the, went the mental at them. It's in the chat now. New Super League project, no permanent members, teams qualified based on results it obtains in its league. 20 members, all leagues will have a chance to win a place through qualifying phase. Second league of 20 members, reduced number of games. Now, who is this person that's that's put that together, though? What is what is Wirtschaft Wush? What the fuck is that? That is a German <laughs> weekly business magazine. So I, I'm not really going to take uh, a German weekly business magazine with a circulation of 155,000 um, as gospel. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the thing is, last time... They they were trying to play catch up, and they were like, "No, we're going to do this. We've got we're going to have a wage cap. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." But no one wanted to listen to them because the initial thing was so badly put together that by the time they started to explain what they were doing, teams were already pulling out of it. Yeah. So if they're going to announce it, they really are going to have to put it together properly now. I don't know, like, it doesn't... This this is not a Super League. This is basically just a revised version of a Champions League. So... I do like the Champions League format, though, in terms of quarterfinals, semifinals, all that. This doesn't no, seem no, like... No, no, so do I, but th- that's all... Like, this is basically just going to be... We, we do the league? Champions League, but we do away with the group phases and we put it in... Because you can be guaranteed there'll be playoffs. Oh, there will be, okay. Uh, okay. A second a, league of 20 members. So there's a league winner and a, and a cup winner as well then. So there's two. I, I, I guess I guess so. I, I, that would be knows. pretty cool to be fair. Apparently Arsenal and Spurs are not part of this. Um, <laughs> but like they what's don't weird it. is. They don't but what's weird it. gags is. Didn't Spirit of Shankly make a big song and dance about how they would have to be consulted on all such things? Yeah, yeah, there will be. Absolutely. Well, if it's... Where, was, wasn't there a whole big thing that they were anti-Super League? No, but only if it didn't promote the right things. So imagine if... But if they didn't know what it was going to promote, Gags. The ignorance no, of they, them. They, no, no, they did say, though, at the time that they didn't have... it. it was, only these clubs would be in it. There's no promotion of, like, you're qualified. Yeah, this is no, saying no, it's no, more what I'm saying, Gags, is at the time when people were complaining about it, they hadn't the first fucking clue what it was actually meant to entail. They just listened to Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher mouth off on Sky and then lost their minds. And the only thing Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher cared about at the time was protecting their bottom line, which is protecting Sky. If Sky had been involved in the organisation of it, and if Sky were going to get the TV rights, Carragher and Neville would have been on Sky telling you this was the best thing to ever happen to football. No, but and the, same see, thing, the thing is, they were dumb because it was never replacing the Premier League. It's replacing the Champions League. They don't even have Champions League rights. They were so thick in their initial exactly. argument in the first place. You know what I mean? It was just exactly. so dumb. The whole thing was, oh, they're going to go Super League. And that means they they basically projected something that wasn't true, as normal, fake news bullshit, Trump 
type stuff to the British public to say, oh, they're going to leave the English League. That was never the case. That's never on the table. They would never leave the Premier League. It's too much of a, of, of a you know, gold mine to do that. But the thing but, is, if they wanted to do the Super mine. League, guys, if they wanted to do a real Super League, yeah. where the very best clubs in Europe do, did leave their domestic leagues and go into this, all of the money would follow them. All of the money. Because no one pays TV rights for Burnley versus Brighton. They pay TV rights for Liverpool-Chelsea for Liverpool United, for United City. They pay TV rights for the big clubs. The money follows the big clubs. And if Liverpool, United, Arsenal, City and Chelsea and maybe Spurs all said, you know what, we're not in the Premier League anymore. We're going off to do this. And so are Bayern and so are Dortmund and Barca and Real and Atletico Madrid and Juventus and the Milan clubs. This is what we're going to do now. We're bringing in PSG and all the rest of you can go fuck yourselves. This is what we're doing. All the broadcasters would go, okay, here's all our money. Uh, sorry, Premier League, you're not getting any more money because, well, nobody wants to watch the games that are left. All of the money would follow a Super League. If the Super League had gotten off the ground, it would have been, it, it would have been catastrophic for the English game in that the, the revenue would have dropped by, I don't know, tenfold. Because from paying a billion a year, suddenly they'd be paying about 100 million a year. Because again, no one wants to watch Burnley and Watford play. Like, I can't remember they tried to do the pay-per-view thing during the lockdown. And one of the games was, I think it was Burnley against somebody and 79 people paid for it. 79 people <laughs> paid to watch the game. And then they scrapped it. So because good. no one wants to watch those teams. Like no one. people only fans of those clubs watch those clubs and, and idiots like me. But like But you wouldn't no, pay there's no Burnley fans in yeah. in China. There's no Burnley fans walking around in Mumbai or in, <laughs> in LA. There just isn't. Yeah, but you wouldn't pay 16 quid, Dave, even if you do watch everything. You wouldn't pay 16 quid. Burnley versus Newcastle. Sean Dyche against Steve Bruce, and you're charging 16 quid for this. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Someone didn't think about it. Steve Bruce to the Americans. Somebody didn't think about it. Someone didn't think about it at all. And just saw money and just thought, oh, it's locked down. They didn't even think that people are locked down and don't have money. They're literally on furlough and you're doing this. Are you, did you think they're going to pay on food? Or do you think they're going to pay on a fucking match? Exactly. So, exactly. so people insensitive. People are losing their the jobs and you're charging so 16 quid for Fucking thick it was. So really, Sky are the biggest problem, right? They've, beca- they've made yes. this into what the big problem And yet they're trying to come out of it as the, the good guys. It was Thanks. all... People talk about what ruined football. Sky ruined football. Yep. Champions like, League, here's the Premier thing. League. The fucking arrogance of the Premier League to turn around and say, oh, you can't do that, we'll kick you out. The Premier League was a breakaway league from the Football League, and it was all about money. They got in partnership with Sky, did a deal behind everybody's back, and then turned around and said, 
yeah, by the way, we're doing our own thing now. The hypocrisy of it all is... The Champions League's exactly the same. It's all about money. And Sky are one of the biggest problems. And Sam is right. Clubs should get their own network and sub-services. I've been saying this for years. If the Premier League were smart, they, they would scrap all TV deals and they would put forward their own streaming service. They would build their own streaming service, Premier League TV. You can pay for an annual subscription for your own club or you can pay for one where you get every match. But you get every match. It wouldn't that's happen what they do until the Premier League goes out of business. It wouldn't, because that's the, of course. that's what they've signed up to. So it should happen, but it won't happen. But again, until. if the Super League wanted to do it, they could do it either. Super League TV, you can pay whatever. A yeah, that's a month for that's up to them. They games either... or 25 yeah. quid a month for all the games. But then think about it, right? Then you've got Sky and BT locked into these big contracts of the Premier League. And all of a sudden, no one's watching because everybody's paying for Super League TV. But Sam is right. It is about time the top six, the big six, started to flex their muscles and push teams about. Because why shouldn't they? Like, the reason Burnley and Everton and all the other crap clubs make 90 million a year in TV revenue is not because anyone likes them. It's because they play against Liverpool and Chelsea and United and Arsenal and City. That's why they make so much money. They don't make it because they're popular themselves. Because what's going to happen with Super League is that the Netflixes and the Primes are going to take the rights, right? Instead of TV channels, it's going to be all stream. It's going to go all to stream and it's still going to be big money. It's nothing's going to change. I don't think they'll go into it and say, here's European, uh, here's, here's a European uh, Super League TV. They won't because they know that's a cost on them to build and set up and do. Whereas they've got big players now in this day and age, like Disney Plus. Disney Plus want to get into football. Disney yeah. Plus are, are desperate to get into Premier League. But Disney Plus, remember, Disney own All ESPN. Of them. Absolutely. Disney own ESPN. There is no better company for the Premier League or a potential Super League to get in bed with than Disney and build their own Super League TV, similar to NBA League Pass or whatever, and make it an exclusive... Like, you could only get the games there. If you do that, you control the revenue. And, like, I'm, I'm just... I'm sick and tired of hearing that, like... You know, Club X wants to do something and they're one of the leading clubs in the league, but all of a sudden it can't be done because fucking Norwich have a vote. And Norwich, who are up and down out of the league every single season, they're not really a Premier League team. They get equal say yeah, that's as what Liverpool do? Yeah, that's sickening. That's, that's sickening. ridiculous. Like, it is. You know, Sean Dyche, because he's gammon and gravy doesn't want five subs. So all of a sudden, Jurgen Klopp's a prick for suggesting it because he's got a bigger squad. Like, yeah, but he plays in the Champions League every year, Sean. And you won't ever. No, like, it's it's so stupid, mate. I totally agree with those points that the, the power in the Premier League has to change. And I think this is what is the kind of thing that helps that happen. To be honest, the European Super League lets them say, look, we're going to go, you're not giving us what we want here. You're not allowing us to make any rules or, or at least make it easy for our players and our clubs. And, uh, and, and this is what we're going to do. And I think it just becomes another bargaining, another bargaining chick. But if, it, if, the, if the project is better, though, 
Ali, uh, he's just made a comment. At the end of the day, the project was fucking flawed to fuck, and mm. it was never going to get off the ground. So it doesn't mean just because they tried with Project Restart, that's the end of it. Something better no, can come up. Again. They can decide it better. They, they've got to improve the idea for everyone to get on board. If well, the Premier League and if people in this country just get sold it properly in terms of it's not going to affect your precious Premier League, it's replay. It's actually no, kicking the away from the nuts. gags about about the whole thing with the Super League the last time. Is you had all these people coming out and saying, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna price fans out of the games." Well, if you actually read what was put out, they were going to bring ticket prices down because they know that ticket money isn't a big factor for big clubs. Like ticket money isn't where the money is. It's in your amenities and facilities in the stadium. It's in the TV revenue and your commercial deals. So there's a reason Bayern Munich have a season ticket that's like 150 quid. Because it means fuck all of them. I they think. were going to bring the TV. And also you had, oh, they're going to take the games and they'll be on, they'll be playing them in Abu Dhabi and stuff. Well, again, no, they weren't. No one ever suggested that at all. No, but the fact of the matter is, they could play... Like, if Liverpool and United played tomorrow in whatever the name of that massive stadium is in North Korea, it would be full. If Burnley and Newcastle played there, people would ask them to leave. Yeah. And that's the difference between these clubs who drive the league and those clubs who get carried by the league. Dave. And the only reason the, the sheiks of Saudi Arabia, or whatever they're called, have bought the, the what they call the, the International Money money Fund. Mm. The reason they bought Newcastle is because Newcastle get to play Liverpool, United, yeah, yeah, Chelsea, yeah. etc. Et that's it. That's all they care about. I have to go now, Dave. So it's uh, lunchtime, obviously, on a Thursday. So work still exists. But, um, and I'm sure you've got plenty of other things. I've lost to do. I've exactly. lost to do. But it was great speaking to you for the second time this week on Old School. <laughs> we've done two in a week uh, to make up for the cup week and um, it's back so to we'll see normal. you again in six months <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well in fact after March the 20th it's cup it's, it's going to be the cup again and we've got um, we've got two weeks so we can do a couple there so it's not that long to wait actually it'll be this month so we'll do some more towards the end of the month but you're going to have so much content uh, up until then because we've got obviously um, West Ham Inter Brighton Arsenal Still to come in that in between those in in between that phase, so lots of roars and AI scouteds to come, and uh, lots of podcasts and content online. So thank you so much, Dave. Thank you to everyone for listening live, and um, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. But I'm sure you'll hear us elsewhere. Thank you, and have a good day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.